Welcome to Tailboard Talk, a fourth shift fitcast. The mission of Tailboard Talk and the fourth shift fitness is to educate and train fire service personnel to increase durability and decrease the potential for injuries and their associated costs. My name is Chris Morella, owner and founder of Fourth Shift Fitness. I'll use my experience as a personal trainer, strength coach, and 15-year veteran of the fire service to deliver tips, tricks, lessons, and information specifically geared towards the health and wellness of firefighters and paramedics. Each episode, you'll leave with immediate deliverables that will improve performance and resilience and keep you in the fight through your career and into retirement. Let's get into it. Recording. All ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Hey, everyone. Chris from Four Shift Fitness, and I'm here with Annette Zap. Very special, uh, what's it called, episode today because we're going to give you the information for Spring for Change. We've been doing it for, t- this is the third year we've done it. Uh, kind of teams up with Devote December. And today is, well, this episode is going to come out on Wednesday, and then Friday is the first. It's April Fools on the first. And that's going to be the first official day of Spring for Change. We're going to talk about the format in a minute. Before we get going, also, uh, if you head to the website, if you like this podcast or what's going on, I have the Buy Me a Coffee button, also some merchandise up there. I think I'm going to donate the April money to um, a charity that Annette and I decide on. So, April Buy Me a Coffee money will not be going towards my coffee, quote unquote, addiction. It's going to go towards a charity or a cause that Annette and I uh, kind of decide on. So, feel free to head on over to the Four Shift Fitness webpage and you'll see the buy me a coffee button on the episode in the episodes page. Any hoozles here with Annette. Annette, how are you? I'm great. I'm in the closet. It's a great sound studio. Oh, gotcha. Uh, yeah, it's why I saw your closet before we started this. How many pairs of pink pants did you see though? Several, several Several pink pants. I, I don't think I have more pairs, but, uh, they're definitely less expensive. So what I want to talk about today is Spring for Change, because like I said, it's Wednesday, or this is going on Wednesday. We're starting Spring for Change on Friday, but we're changing it up this year. Would you want to give just a quick two-minute history on Spring for Change? Can you keep it short? That's a loaded question. Okay. I have to start with Devote December, though. Okay. In 2019, Chris Morella called me at the end of November and he said, I think we need to do something about firefighters, suicide awareness. And so we put together Devote December in about 26 seconds. Yeah. And we got really, really involved with it. It was a great month. We had a lot of engagement. And so we decided in the spring that we needed to um, kind of go upstream and look at some of those topics that could help our firefighters with mental health. So 2020 was our first spring for change, and we were active every single day, and it was exhausting. And so in 2021, we switched it up a little bit, and then we're going to refine it again in 2022 and make it super streamlined and hopefully very effective for everyone. That was pretty good. That was like a minute and a half. So let me go into some of the finer details of spring for change. Um, that was a perfect synopsis, actually. One of the things we learned going through Devote December, so we figured, first of all, that December was going to be extraordinarily high in suicides because it's winter and it's the end of the year and you're getting together with family a lot and there's an opportunity to just feel bad a lot of times. So 
we figured, hey, let's do something for December to honor the people that have taken their lives. And also maybe it was based in movement, right? So then we would give people movements and stuff to do based on how many people had been confirmed committed suicide. And then we'd take that number and do that many squats or that many push-ups or that many, um, not that many miles, but let's say it was 110, you do 1.1 mile walk in devotion to a cause. As we were researching this thing, what we actually found out was that the highest rate of suicides happens in the spring months. Not what we expected at all. Um, there's a couple different theories of why that happens. I don't want to get into those because they're theories at best. Um, but in any case, for the general population, suicides are much, much higher in the spring months. And like Annette says, frequently, we're all just general population. We just happen to be trained as firefighters. So here's where the creativity comes into play. We want to do something in the spring right? We figured out that there's four major pillars, should you say, to wellness, uh, the sleep, nutrition, mindfulness, and also fitness or exercise or movement, whatever name you want to put to it. So we created spring, the number four, because of the four pillars also, um, April, the fourth month. I mean, we're just rocket surgeons. So creative, here. so creative. And then change. Um, because we're going to use this to help out a little bit. We're going to use the movements maybe in Devote December, but we're also going to talk. So Devote December was kind of our action part of the campaign. And then Spring for Change turned to our education part of our, our uh, curriculum or our year, our itinerary, mind you. Um, but like Annette said, it was exhausting. And so then last year, what did we change it to? So first year we did every day. We posted something every single day on the four topics, right? Yes. And then, and then was last year? year, it was just one week, it was condensed to one week. And so Monday through Thursday were dedicated to our topics, if you will. And then Friday was just kind of like the synopsis and recap. That's right. So the first year we had week, the entire week one was all sleep stuff. And the entire week two was all nutrition stuff. And then last year was just one day, but it was one week. Now this year we're doing every Friday. And I like that one. I like that. Um, so the way we're going to do it is if this comes out on Wednesday and this is the intro to spring for change episode, the Friday, Friday, the first, we're going to put out a bunch of stuff on social media about what spring for change is and also ways to create habits. Uh, we, we both kind of like the tiny habits thing from last year into December. We're going to reuse that and also kind of give you a roadmap to uh, pick up one net positive by the end of spring for change that you can use for the rest of the year. And then that pattern is going to continue every week. So on Wednesday, the podcast uh, will come out about nutrition. And then Friday, we'll have a bunch of nutrition infographics. And then the next Wednesday, mindfulness. And then Friday, mindfulness infographics. And the same with movement on the last Wednesday and Friday of April. Now, what I want to do, Annette, is Tell me. I want to go over just one bullet point for each of the four pillars so people know what we think is important about them and something that they can look forward to uh, as kind of a coming attraction for that respective week. So when it comes to sleep, and I know you have, you've recently done a lot of presenting um, with the initiative on sleep. Why don't you give me your, your one, one of your biggest points that you want to uh, kind of present to people during sleep week? This is very difficult. I have so many. Nope. What if I, <sighs> all right, if I have to pick, I'm going to say, everything gets better when you sleep. So your one you point is everything? Everything, everything. You make That's better not... <laughs> nutritional choices. Is... You have 
more ability to focus. So your mindfulness is better. Uh You have um, better ability to make uh, quality nutritional choices and your hormones aren't working against you. Everything gets better when you sleep. That's going to be a long infographic. I know. I count on you. You're our Canva guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as long as it's free. Oh, wait, you got the account. That's right. Um, so, and that's one thing she wants to know about sleep is everything. I'm going to keep it a little more succinct. I'm going to, I'm going to let you know that, and then that will do this too. This is just my perspective, right? Um, I'm going to let you know that although sleep helps everything and we all know it's important and it is absolutely a linchpin of health and wellness, you're also not going to get very much of it in the fire service. And what we're going to teach you or try to help you out with in sleep week is not telling you what you should be doing um, or how to adjust your entire universe to get a couple hours more sleep. What I want to tell you about sleep is it's all about doing your best. And it's all about mitigating the bad and trying to emphasize the good. So if you just keep that in mind, when we talk about sleep, it won't be nearly as frustrating because there's nothing worse than having their best laid plans shot all up and down by four calls after midnight. Um, Mm. It just, Mm -mm. it's so frustrating. So what I really want to get across in sleep week is that we're all just doing our best and we're going to take advantage of the good times and we're going to try to mitigate the bad times. Um, But over the course of your career, you're going to be at Uh, significant sleep debt. And we know that, and that's not okay, but that's unfortunately part of the game right now. So we're going to understand that landscape and kind of move forward and do the best we can. So that's my big thing on sleep is kind of taking that realistic measure view at it and managing um, the ideal versus kind of what our actual situation is when it comes to sleep. I like it, Morello. That was pretty good, to be honest with you. Not bad. All right. Not bad. Let's go on to nutrition. Another, another big one for you. Um, you know, a lot of smart nutrition people, you yourself are sort of a scientist of sorts. What's your big one with nutrition? I'm going to have to go with the gut is your second brain. And so when you are taking in good quality nutrition, you're going to have better quality neurotransmitters and better mood, to be honest with you. So the gut is your second brain. That's a good one. That's very, I mean, that's an idea that's been around for a while, but I think it's finally getting some traction it deserves as well as some, some science and actual data to back it up, you know, um, Mm -hmm. finally, it's not just a woo woo kind of thing. I'm going to be more basic naturally. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's a struggle for me between the two supplements. I don't want to go out over my skis with creatine because do it, do it, do it. I have about two sentences worth of knowledge on creatine. And uh, I've said them already. So (laughs) what I want to focus on is protein. And the times I've helped my personal training clients or I've done um, nutrition SOG talks for departments, what I've really driven home is the point, if you figure out the correct dose or the correct amount of creatine that each person should be having, and you focus on getting that as as the primary factor in your diet, if you focus on getting enough protein, uh, because of the foods you'll be eating to get that protein, everything else kind of falls in line. And so it makes your entire rest of your diet relatively manageable because in order to get as much protein as we actually need, you have to eat pretty good food. And so what I want to drive home is updating and giving a realistic view of how much protein we need and how much is safe and how much uh, will actually contribute towards our health and wellness goals compared to 
um, just not eating, eating enough and just filling up. So I think that's something that firefighters can really latch onto because we all think we're big cavemen meat eaters. Uh, but if we look at the actual amount of protein we need, I think that'll really help a lot of our uh, lifestyle choices when it comes to our diet selections. Co-host edit. He actually accidentally said the word creatine a few sentences ago when he meant to say protein. So I think that he really did want to talk about creatine. I do. I'm just not smart enough. <laughs> I'm just too dumb. <laughs> I do want to talk about it because I like it. I mean, I, I I can't remember if I was when I was talking to Forbes on here or somebody else, but I was I was scared of creatine in high school too. I mean, I, I we had a football coach who wrote his thesis at Valpo on creatine rage and how you shouldn't take it. And how it, it is, oh, I can't remember if he goodness. called it a steroid, but it has so many similarities to a steroid that'll give you roid rage, basically. Um, and he got but, his degree? Well, he wrote his thesis on it. <laughs> I'm assuming he graduated. Uh, <sighs> uh, so, so yeah, I was I was off team creatine for a long time. And then uh, it didn't take long. I think I think I started using it when we had Nathan. I think, and uh, I did have a little bit of the GI discomfort, so I scaled it back to a really low dose and then built up over the course of time. Um, but I think I was using it about then, and I, I don't I don't use it. I don't necessarily notice the cognitive effects it has, but uh, between myself and also other people that have used it, that I've kind of helped get onto it. Um, we've all noticed the body composition changes and the energy level changes. So, uh, anecdotal or not, um, in ourselves, obviously not through science, it's not anecdotal at all, but, uh, I'm on, I'm on team creatine, but yeah, I, I wish I don't have to wish I could just do the work and like read about it, but I wish I knew more about it to be smart enough to talk about it besides just suggesting it. It's okay. I'll give you my pass to the international creatine seminar that I just attended and you can watch all the talks. I did actually want to watch that. I really did. Um, I don't know why I didn't register for it, but that because you're cheap. That was that. Well, no, yes, the company would have paid for that one. Uh, that would have been a write off, but I don't know why I didn't do that one. I think we were on a camping trip. I think. Oh, you know what? I think you were too. I think because I think we talked about that. Um, okay. Any hoozles? Who mindfulness? Heavy subject. Well. Feels like a heavy subject, right? But uh, as we've both learned in the past couple of years, much more, um, it's much more of a, an approachable subject than we both expected it to be. So what's your big mindfulness key point? I like going first and I also don't like going first. I just want that noted. Okay, um, noted. <laughs> I think that gratitude, let's see, being present or gratitude? Gratitude. I think just having gratitude and a grateful heart, if you will. That sounds a little woo-woo, but I think that really changed my entire outlook. And so I learned that, you know, I'd heard about it for years and years, but our dear friend Wendy Lund really sort of drove that home for me three years ago. And um, yeah, it's changed my life for sure. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm glad you picked that one between being present and gratitude because I like the being present one. I think that's something I've definitely uh, been more in tune with since having the kids is like noticing when I'm on my phone, noticing when I'm not paying attention, uh, noticing when I'm around but distracted. Um, and so being present is a, a giant one. One of the things I go back to most often, and I just, I think, I mean, I just did the episode on it. Yeah, this is a tough one. I just did the episode on managing expectation versus reality or ideal versus real. I like that. 
one thing I always go back to is, uh, what was his name? Dr. Chuck? Dr. Chuck. Dr. Chuck. Dr. Chuck. So we saw him. He had a, a big, long talk all about fear and anger and essentially where our feelings come from and how far back they're rooted. And when you see the physical manifestation of something, uh, the ability to step back for a second and try to figure out where that's coming from and what the underlying emotion is. And that's a difficult one. I mean, that was an hour and a, hour and a half long talk and I just started to grasp it. Um, but I suppose awareness is what I'm driving towards here. And I guess that's mindfulness in another word, but being able to be a little bit retrospective of what you've done and, and dissect it a little bit and figure out why you maybe did those things and then trying to make positive changes in the future. I really like that one. I'm going to have to work on that for the next two and a half weeks or three weeks to get a succinct thought together. But I think awareness is my big one for, for the mindfulness week. That's a good one. I do like Dr. Chuck. Yeah. I, I got to see if he's written anything like book wise and, and go check that out. Cause that was a great talk. It was so good that he was talking about how, when people feel scared, they get angry. Or when people perceive a threat, they get angry. And he was doing it in such a way that made people scared and angry in the crowd and started arguing with him. So, you know, I was like, oh man, this is his experiment in life form. It was really entertaining to watch people get threatened by what he was saying because he was um, putting out some pretty sensitive situations. They were feeling vulnerable and threatened by that. And then they would reciprocate uh, with anger and frustration. So it was pretty, pretty interesting. It took a lot away from that, that talk. Matt still brings up, is it a lion or a kitten? I mean, it's a, it's, that was one of the hardest concepts for me to grasp because at that point, a lot of things were lions for me. And it was, it wasn't until recently where everything started to calm down where I could start to decipher lions versus kittens. But yeah, it's, yeah, maybe we'll have to talk to that guy. Uh, all right, let's move on to, uh, movement, fitness, Exercise. The last week of Spring for Change is going to be the fitness week or the exercise week. Now, we had a talk before this about how you said that this is the least necessary one. What would you say? The, the... I, I, I guess I'll, I'll retract my statement. Um, yeah. What I said was I put the least importance on movement. Right. All, yeah. of these, all of these four pillars are very, very important. But I think that you can get the most tangible changes by starting with sleep. Um, but in terms of movement, I, my big go-to, you know, I'm a strength and conditioning coach. I have fairly elaborate programming for myself that I stick to pretty well. But with firefighters who aren't moving, I just counsel them to start with a walk. Start with a 15-minute walk. It'll elevate your mood. It'll decrease your mortality risk. It's easy, low barrier to entry. Walking is good. It is. I like that one. And it's been your staple for a long time. And I think it deserves to stay your staple for a, a long, long time. Um, my brand. It's on brand. It is. It's very much on brand. And you walk the walk. Um, I want to go with, I want to go with smarter exercise selection. I don't know why I said that. It's just a feeling I have of like people try to do things that they think they should do or think that they have to do, even though they hate them or it's uncomfortable or it aggravates an old injury or they've gotten hurt because of it and they just feel like they have to go do it. And there's a whole 
incredible world of movements out there that can elicit a similar, if not exact same response as that thing you hate, but won't be as damaging mentally or physically. And so I think just giving people permission to get away from what they consider um, absolutely necessary, even that if that necessary thing is damaging or, like I said, frustrating or has been damaging in the past, giving people the green light to get away from that and find something that they want to do so they're more likely to continue doing it for a long, long time instead of forcing themselves to do it and then falling off the wagon and getting frustrated and then starting over again. So I'm going to figure out some way to get that point across again, like I said, in the podcast talk in a, in a three-slide camera thing, but I think I'm going with that, given uh, letting people see a little bit wider view of fitness. I approve of this statement. I am no longer able to effectively back squat, and so there are so many other ways to train that pattern, yeah. and I was frustrated for a while, but now I just give myself permission. You know what? A goblet squat is just good enough. Oh, it's more than good enough. I mean, it's goblet squat is entirely... Same plus an additional set of demands that you're putting on yourself with Precisely. less equipment need. Yeah, less equipment need. Yeah, I'm, I, that's a perfect example of what I'm talking about is if you want a fantastic quote unquote core workout, try goblet squatting and you'll be surprised how sore your your midsection is after doing a leg movement. We're going to leave that one alone for now so I can have something to talk about in week four. All right. Saving the content. All right, let's wrap up. I know you want to talk about tiny habits and kind of setting the the roadmap for people to use Spring for Change effectively. So give me your tiny habits slash uh, uh, one, one bite at a time is how you eat the elephant talk. This is always the issue I have with quote unquote challenges and Spring for Change isn't a challenge. Spring for Change is an educational experience for lack of a better term. But the thing that happens with challenges, such as I know people are doing 75 hard right now. People do whole 30. People do, you know, um, dry January or whatever it's called. The thing with those challenges is, is that they're so very strict and people are very much adhering to the rules, quote unquote, of the challenge for the amount of time that the challenge goes on. And then they just sort of fall off the wagon until such time they have to fall back onto the wagon and do another challenge. And Spring for Change is important for me because it's just, I'm my goal is always to have people do just a little bit better, incorporate one small thing so that when we see them again next year, they're ahead of where they were and not behind where they are. So Spring for Change is all about finding that one small thing that you can grab onto and that will make a big difference in your life. I like it. And I think we're going to present it in such a way that um, each thing we give out will be triable by people so they can they can attempt every almost everything we're talking about and then pick and choose, pick and choose which thing you like and don't like. Um, but yeah, at the end of the at the end of the month, if you just take away one thing, and implement it for more than a month or more than two months and then up to six months in a full year, that'd be a, a massive victory. So that's, whoa. Hey, dude. Hey, what's up? Yes, Nathan, my man. You want to say hi? Hi, hi Nathan. <laughs> You're so oh, adorable. Grab you say goodnight, chicken? <laughs> I think that might be our cue to wrap up. Okay. Yeah. Playtime. I guess nap time's over. Quiet time's over. All right. Uh, so look for Spring for Change stuff. It's coming out two days from when this episode drops. 
on every Wednesday and Friday from then on, there'll be a podcast on Wednesday with a topic and then follow up Friday with more of the topic. If you like what we're doing, go to the four shift fitness website and hit the buy me a coffee button. We're going to donate the money this month towards a charity or foundation that Annette and I choose at the end. Anything to say before we go? Yeah, I would I would ordinarily not encourage you to buy me a coffee because coffee is disgusting. But since we're donating it to charity, I'm all about it. All right. You, I mean, I can change the button to say donate to. Now nah, let's change. We'll keep it. Buy me a coffee. So, so you have to be forced to accept coffee from people. I like that way better. <sighs> all right. Uh, we'll see you guys on Friday with Spring for Change stuff, and then uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Be a force shifter. And Az is still in. She's not out. She's still in the closet. AZ is in the closet, but out. Have a great day, guys. (laughs) All right, dude.